Hey, this is Bob, and you can get a hold of Aloe Treatment Centers at 888-595-0235. That's Aloe Treatment Centers in Malibu and Silver Lake, 888-595-0235. Tell them Bob told you to call. Welcome to the Don't Die Podcast, sponsored by Aloe Treatment Centers. They're out in Malibu. They're in Silver Lake. It's a treatment center I started with some friends. We want you to get the right treatment, the right program for you, and stop dying. There you go, Chuck. Stop uh, dying. I heard it. Stop dying. Is the unless, door shut? Unless you're like 76 or something. <laughs> if you're 76, feel free. Well, no, to I had a die. strange I had a strange thing happen with Dr. Drew the other day. So we're doing podcasts. <laughs> and I said, you know, Chrissy and I are thinking about having another kid. And he said, Oh, great. And I said, just in your heart of in your gut, how long do you think I'm gonna live? And Drew, out of out of nowhere, Dr. Drew says, you're going to be like this. You're going to be good. You had a colonoscopy? And I said, yeah. And he said, it's good. It's clear. And I said, yeah. And he goes, you clear the hep C? And I said, yeah. And he said, you're going to be like this till you're about 75. And then then it's really going to go downhill from there. So to me, <laughs> Dr. Drew told me I'm living to be 75. You just got another, what, 20 years? So if I'm 76 and I die, it's fine. Yeah, that's okay. reassuring. That's isn't it reassuring? Wow. So that's out of the mouth of like the smartest guy I know. So he said, if your colon is clean, like what did he say there? Uh, let's dissect it. So if you had a colonoscopy and it's clear, right? Yeah. And you're clear of hepatitis C, and you're and a you non-smoker, and you don't drink, and you don't smoke, and you don't do drugs. Mm-hmm. You're gonna to live to be seven. You're gonna. He said you're gonna be like this, meaning with this kind of energy and vitality that I have, which is pretty. You know, I'm all right. No, no, I, it's I good. I get it going it's on. Good. There's velocity. So, so, talking 20 more years, like just pretty much like this, because I have numbness in my arm. I have this weird thing where uh, these two fingers go to sleep. You ever do that? There's some pinch nerve or some bullshit. No, no pinch nerves. But you're younger than me. Mike, you ever had a pinched nerve where your wait, wait, finger wait. feels numb? Does the little finger, the little finger that you have? No, it's in the other arm. <laughs> the I special a, finger? You know, the you know. The lucky finger? So anyways, it's hope for us, it's hope for us fucking 55-year-olds. If, you, if, if your colon's clean and you don't drink or smoke, you're going to live to be 75 guaranteed. That's pretty good. That's good, right? So well, I got 25 got years, according like, to Drew. Yeah, yeah, okay, so 20 more years. So, so, that, so that leads me to what I'm really interested in. Sobriety. He, mm. Sobriety has benefits that all our friends that started smoking weed and drinking again, thinking they're not on heroin, have forgotten. <laughs> you live longer sober. That's a fucking fact. Yeah, but do you want to live it without weed, bro? <laughs> you know, dude. You don't well, know what it, you're missing, what's bro. What's the quality of life of yeah, that, bro? dude. I mean, you guys are all stressed <laughs> out. So I was at CVS last night. I don't know. Okay, let's go on that a little bit more. <laughs> I, I don't understand the concept of, of I want to spend the rest of my days kind of stoned and stupid. Well, no. Let me tell you about this. But Mike, I'm I I know you kind of live in your own world. You always have. I live in the observation world. 
I was at CVS last night getting electrolyte water because Sydney has an ear infection. She's on antibiotics. We needed electrolyte water. I bought the flavored kind. It actually tastes horrible. She That's spit it out. what plants crave, though. So, so I went back to CVS last night, like 8.30, and got the water, you know, just plain water that has the, uh, the whatever. Pedialyte. Yeah, Pedialyte, plain water one, right? So I, I'm standing in line. These two girls with knit caps on are stoned out of their minds. They keep <laughs> running from the counter to go get other things. They got makeup. Oh, they got wine. Uh, a, they got a, a box of wine, makeup. They're giggling. They're stoned. The girl turned to me and said, you don't mind, do you? And I was like, no, I got nothing but time on my hands. <laughs> and so then, then these other two very well-dressed guys... I'm not saying uh, that they were a couple. They didn't look oh, like uh, a couple. You just, you just did it with they, your face. You just said well-dressed. And with your face, you said... Dang. They were just manicured immaculately, too immaculately for Claremont Pomona. They were border. Fem- feminine. They, they were just suave and they were, debonair. They were hot. They were hot. They were thin. <laughs> they were wearing sweaters, like Fred Perry sweaters. Mm. They didn't fit in. They didn't fit into the Claremont... Pomona border CVS at 8.30, right? Did they have socks and, on? Did and they have socks? No, they did not. One of them did not. I couldn't see the other one. Bob's socks. not wearing Very socks. Very skinny sh- uh, pants down to the shoes. Just well-dressed, well-manicured. Fashionable, yes. Stoned out of their minds. What? Stoned. They were like, they were like 24, 26-year-old guys. Hmm. And the one guy kept wandering around while the other guy's standing in front of me. Then... This other woman is up at the front. Uh, she's at the other cash register. There's two cash registers. The two knitted girls stoned. This other woman, I can't even understand what the hell she's doing. She's getting a discount on Christmas bags. You know, like like the ninety, you know, ninety percent off Christmas bags. Okay. And she's talking, and then she turns. I look at her. She's stoned, and she's like fifty. <laughs> There's a fifty year old woman, two twenty something millennial guys that are stone and these two 20 year old girls are stone i'm in the presence of five other customers and all five of them are stone i turn and i look at the two people behind me you know they're a couple they're like 30 mid 30s or something and they were not stone and i said legalization of marijuana is really good isn't it and they both <laughs> laugh and the guy said that's what i was thinking too like these people have no awareness that they're in a store purchasing things and they should be moving along there are other people <laughs> behind them right uh, this great. is going on everywhere in our society i'll bet i just noticed it last night it was fascinating because you know when you're stoned really there is no time oh, no, yeah. yeah and i I, just, I try to remember but i, I watch them because it's a lot different. I remember, you know, so so much about it. But I, watching the people that <laughs> it's it's almost frustrating. I feel like they're playing into some government scheme. It's just it's almost maddening to me to watch. But the, they're just meandering around. The, there's there's no purpose. I think Mike said it perfect. It's like how stupid do you need to be? I understand music sounds better. I thoroughly enjoyed music on weed. But but when you hear friends say, I want to be stoned, you know, go to the beach, want the sun, go down and whatever. This is people stoned at CVS on a on a Sunday night at 8.30 right. p.m. This is not like a spiritual experience. <laughs> this is not reducing anxiety and stress and just chill at home. This is out in public, c- completely unaware of yourself and your surroundings and what the purpose is 
of going to a store and getting something and leaving. I wish I still robbed people. It'd be really easy right oh, now. Oh, it'd be so easy to rob these people. And oh I'd take God. their weed. I never thought of that. Like, hey, dude, can I see your wallet? They would just <laughs> give it to you. They would just dude, give it to you. <laughs> that, looks like, that looks like my wallet. Can I see that for a second? The two guys were so stoned, it was incredible they were walking. Right, their oh eyes are God. just red, 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 stoned <laughs> out of their mind, and so I think that's going on a lot. But getting back to what Doctor Drew said, he knows that I'm sober, 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 and I'm pretty eat pretty well, you know. Try and not eating pills right? either. Right, I'm not. So, so that guarantees you if you don't get cancer to live a vitality till you're 75, according to Doctor Drew. Wow, it's got to be true clean colon you know you gotta have that <laughs> colon. Have clean colon what is the deal with the colon is because, it just a lot of cancer down yeah. in that in the stuff prostate colon cancer takes so many people out if you're not if you're not getting that checked which is like the biggest deal people i know people are getting uh, obamacare and going to rehabs but go to a doctor get your blood <laughs> get your blood checked you know, go to a friggin' doctor. It's worth it. I mean, a couple times a year, even I go. You Chuck, know? that is the greatest thing you've ever said on the Don't Die podcast. Yeah, before, yeah. You, before you get sober, while you're really stoned, <laughs> go get your colon checked. Yeah. It won't create as much anxiety as when you're sober. No, it's going to be a bitch when you're sober, man. Just get through so, it while you're fucked up. So, so that's why I started thinking, like, you know, I always, I want to allow, I like live and let live. I like that term. But I don't like the livers that are living getting in my way. I don't like them affecting don't, don't me. Don't live all over me. That's yeah. what I used to tell Sasha. Don't be going. Stop living on me, you dick. Don't be going 58 miles an hour in the third lane on the 210 freeway because uh, you're so fucking stoned, right? Driving is a big deal. You know. If that's... I was a cop, if cops want my advice, if there's any officers listening, <laughs> people who are really stoned on pot drive really fucking slow. And they stop so way back go the around them, go around them and see if it's a little old lady. If it's not, pull them over and say they got a taillight out. Since the marijuana legalization is going so splendidly, I want to legalize cocaine. And here's my platform. <laughs> here's my platform for it. It is the greatest antidepressant in the world. Really is. If you're down, you take a little bit of cocaine, it'll cheer you right All you up. need is a film clip from the 20s. Proves you right. Yeah, a little bit will really get you going. <laughs> and it doesn't last all night. So, so legalization of cocaine, the, the, thing, the, the medical use for it would be for depression, right? That's my angle. I'm going to start pushing this agenda. Can we treat the anxiety with it? Because that's what everybody has I think now. it creates anxiety. No, Damn I it. got one for anxiety. Okay, good. Motherfucker, wait till okay. I'm done with my <laughs> spiel. And I want the legalization of heroin. I want pharmaceutical heroin, not fentanyl-laced heroin. I want government regulated. I want to grow poppies in Central California. I want to make heroin legal for anxiety. There you go. There you go. We solve our depression problem in California, and we solve our anxiety problem in California. Just legalize heroin and cocaine. We'll just call that analog heroin <laughs> instead of digital heroin. <laughs> Wait, who, who are we going to get to grow the poppies, man? The Wounded Warriors. What you have to understand about Wounded Warriors, it's not one thing. Everybody is under this huge umbrella called Wounded Warriors. We have a Wounded Warriors program at Aloe, right? Okay. And with the equine therapy, right? 
and they use our farm part of one of the rehab houses. So, so they're just helping people with PTSD, right? Then there's a Wounded Warrior program that's teaching, David Lynch Foundation has a Wounded Warriors program that's teaching transcendental meditation for PTSD. Nice. Everybody's under this umbrella Wounded Warriors, but it's a lot of different people. Oh, they do surfing stuff too. I yeah, see them down surfing. by the pier. Yeah. So, so there is no one thing called Wounded Warriors. It's just these great different uh, systems running under the Wounded Warrior umbrella. And there's one in Colorado where they're, they're producing marijuana and, and have a dispensary. Why not? Right? Why and not? because they say it's helpful in PTSD, which I think it probably is. If you had to go to four tours of Afghanistan... No, I can't imagine. I, I, I just give you a free pass of whatever you need, whatever you need, whatever you want to do, and whatever we can do to help you, right? Mm -hmm. And so, so, you know, I just think that if we're going to legalize pot, which is my most hated drug, it really is. I hate it. I think it's the most <laughs> useless drug. It makes people useless human beings. Heroin makes people have to fucking take care of business. <laughs> right I, I you know i don't even want to talk about the good points because there's too many people that are dying from it right now <clears throat> but and the bad points is, is you'll, you'll just steal shit from anybody man too not yeah. what, not when you can afford it because we're growing it in central california yeah, central california i'm telling oh, you i see fine. so it's free too Maybe. No, it'll, no it'll be cost it. cost effective and safer right so that was the argument about pot no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm trying, I'm being sarcastic in, right. in the, the normals approach in California over a 15 year period of time to get to this place that just happened two weeks ago, January 1st, 2018 to that anybody can smoke pot anytime they want, anywhere, all, it's all cool. Right. That was a 15 year journey that normal did. Right. Mm -hmm. And normal, does it even exist anymore? What was it stand for? What did normal National Organization for the Reformation of Marijuana Laws? And we, uh, <laughs> Holy shit! Were you a member of that? No, <laughs> we played a, a band I was in a few years ago. Played a normal show, and we played to a bunch of uh, potheads. So all I all I w wanted when I first met the normal guy. What you know, band, wait. What band was that, Chuck? You know that was who Dodd was a, Start. You know who, who, Mike. You know who was a member of the normal no, movement? I don't. Reverend Bud. Oh, remember Reverend Bud? Bud. A guy, a guy uh, named Reverend Bud. Reverend Bud, bro. He get it. <laughs> Bud. So, and I used to have arguments with him, like, dude, just decriminalize it. Right. And then, and then we're not agreeing to it. It's, it's still going to be something that people can make their decisions based on, but it's not a crime. It, it the decriminalization is way different than the legalization or the use for medical purposes. I right. think both routes that Normal went to, we didn't need. They were counterproductive. Just decriminalize it. Cops, stop hassling people for pot shit. Reverend Bud was Oh, Mike's going to go on now about his good friend, the Reverend Bud. But he was a visionary. Then. He was a visionary. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what this at at the normal thing that we played. Uh, it was the first time I'd ever seen anybody overdosed on THC. There was an old guy that ate a bunch of uh, the cookies or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And he was to the point where he turned gray, and they put him in a wheelchair, and they he they <laughs> yeah, called see, now an that's ambulance. That's the stupidest thing you they, can uh, do with fucking weed is to eat it. Man. Okay, well they, they they took this guy and they 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 took him away from the building, called an ambulance, and had him taken off. 
because they didn't want to pull him out of the the normal out thing. of the weed is good show. <laughs> but the Reverend Bud, just so you know, this guy had been around Hollywood for like from the eighties, right, Mike? Yeah. So so he became a you know how anybody be, can become a minister? He yeah. became a minister, and the tenets of his religion are that you smoke marijuana, so he had the religious right to smoke marijuana. Oh, good for him. I'm a pastor too, but you can't smoke weed in my church. You got to put it in the. You got to put it in the dogma. <laughs> well, man, I don't feel like smoking weed. You know what? Although I'm going to start a heroin church. I, I'm noticing that because of all the aches and pains that I have that are different than yours, but similar. The CBD oil has got me so interested, but there's so there's so little quality control that I'm afraid that there'd be THC in the CBD. Yeah, you got to have somebody you can trust. But it, it, there is no trust. But I've heard such great things about that, like things because my, like my knee doesn't have cartilage. Stem, and I've had, stem cells do it. But I mean, there's a lot of science stuff coming. But here's the thing: I'm fucking fifty-six years old. I'm, I'm gonna ache. So what? My dad ached. People have been aching for tens of thousands of years. <laughs> so what? Keep going. Take care of business. Yes. And and I swear to God, here, here's how my morning goes, because it's been really fucking cold up here, like in the 40s. I get up, I'm like, oh, my you, God. You know, I there's barely, I can barely get out of bed, right? And, and I get up, and I get going, I get, and I get some coffee going, and I'm sitting there. And within like 45 minutes, it's not the coffee that gets me going. It's my mind. My mind's like, okay. And I check emails and check shit. And then now I'm going, now I'm going. It's my mind. It's my body is the same. Nothing's changed in my body. I still have, you know, whatever. It's fused discs in my back. I'm still old. I still compound fractured my leg. Everything still aches. But my mind overrides the pain. Right? It has to. It. <clears throat> Pain, pains are new, and then you just absorb them. But if I focus on the pain, then the pain is always there. That's that's been my. So I have this ability to just. I gotta take care of business. I don't care. Whatever. I don't care. I put Sydney down this afternoon. I fucking almost. I almost became paralyzed. She's big as a house. She is too big <laughs> for a not. kid. She's one. In, she's one year. In, she's too one year and five months house. old, and she weighs twenty nine pounds. Oh, good for her. Good for her. She's going to be a basketball player. Good. She's going to be the biggest forest ever. Yeah. She's going to be tall and graceful. But, uh, you know, because she, she is tall too. You know how, how everybody always says their kid is in the 90 percentile? <laughs> My kid's in the 110 percentile. Oh, good for you. That uh, that their heads are as big as, uh, bigger than 90% of the people or their length what? is... It yeah. has to do with their head size? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it has to do with everything. Their weight, their height, their... Mike, did you go to the girls' checkups when they were one year old? Did you ever take them to a doctor? <laughs> I have. Because that's what they talk about every time. I know, but just... No, nobody just, ever talked percentile. Just the first year or two, right? I think it's like the yeah, first five. Probably. Five years, it's okay. Like, it's like all that major growth. They want to make sure and... Uh, so Elvis was always normal... And and Sydney is abnormal. She's like in the ninety percentile in weight, the ninety percentile in tall in uh, length, right? They say length because they actually not standing up. <laughs> yeah, I can't right? believe I fucking missed that. Yeah, <laughs> it's 
It's called the 90, but, but, and then you're just like, who gives a fuck? Yeah, no. It's, it's a baby. That's my, probably my child. exactly that's what the, I thought. That's the other thing. Like, I I've like always, it because it's competitive. I've never had a daughter <laughs> until now. And, and, you know, I've always been kind of whatever you want to call me, cantankerous. But to me, all babies look the same. I saw Louis C.K. <laughs> do that bit, right? And, and, but, when it's your daughter, like boys, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna amend that comment that I've made. All babies look the same. All boy babies look the same. Okay. Sydney is beautiful. <laughs> 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 it's weird because you see a girl like that's a girl that's forming there. <laughs> but don't you always think babies all kind of look the same? They're similar when they're super young. Yeah, you can't yeah. tell them apart. They're similar. That's why they misplace them in the but hospital. So here we were talking about genetics, right? And that's why they got to put the little arm so, band on them. Otherwise, <laughs> they'd all just wander around looking the same. So watch this. Sydney does not give a fuck. She doesn't like to be kissed. She doesn't want to hold. She doesn't she care. She's 29 she, pounds. She does not give a care. fuck. Neither does Chrissy. She's <laughs> she's one of those people just like, you know, all they're fine all to themselves, right? Me and Elvis are needy motherfuckers all the time. <laughs> so you got two people that need attention all the time and two people that don't want to give it all the time. <laughs> you and Elvis are going to be sharing a room? Yeah. <laughs> Like, going, Elvis, you're great no you're great elvis and El you're like, great dad sydney does love elvis and she'll smile at him like if i do a little dance for her she'll just look at you like with a blank expression if he does dance. it she'll kind of smile right but she doesn't go <laughs> clapping and start dancing herself right <laughs> and he's all day today he's like you know because he's got this youtuber video that he's obsessed with so he's watching in his room like one episode like 45 minutes and he runs to like do a dance for her and pick her up or do something and her look is just like the fuck are you doing this for <laughs> <laughs> go watch your youtube yeah, go watch your youtube can't you see i'm sitting here with these blocks right here <laughs> i'm trying to gain some weight <laughs> Dad no. can barely lift me now. No, she loves to stack blocks up and then knock them over. What does that mean? <laughs> That's what she's going to do with people her entire life. <laughs> Build them up, knock them down. Knock them down. I like it. So so that's what I've been doing. But I really have been thinking for months, what does sobriety mean? And if not years when the Suboxone debate came up. But now some of Mike and I's friends have chosen to go back to marijuana and and drinking and hanging whatever. out with the reverend bud green <laughs> yeah so so really when i think about it i have mike two bags and me are the elder kind of sober people that have been sober the whole time right many of our friends have turned back like i'm not i'm not that close with a lot of the orange county people but Johnny Two Bags is one of the great guys. I always look up to him. He's longer sober than me. He's the guy I really look up to, right? And Mike, because Mike got sober. Like, Mike was the worst of the worst. He made Fashanti <laughs> look like Anita Bryant. You know what I mean? I don't know. I saw some footage of Fashanti. <laughs> Mike was worse, I can tell you, and more pathetic. It got pretty bad. More pathetic. More <laughs> pathetic. Now, yes. there's a... 
Good, good on you, Mike Mart, because that is so that's when, a, he's in the hundred and ten percentile. Of he's pathetic. in the hundred and ten. Mike Mart is in the hundred and ten percentile of sobriety. Uh, uh, so uh, pathetic for sure. So when you when I got sober, Mike, how long have you got now? Twenty seven. Twenty five years. Okay, so Mike had three years when I got sober. It was like Mike Mart is sober. Like really sober. Mike Mart's sober. And then when I started going to meetings, I, I saw other people that I looked up to and like, they're fucking sober five years. It's, I, this is amazing. It meant so much to me in 97, 98, 99, 2000 that there were guys with five years and three years and eight years sobriety that I knew from music, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of those people turned around and went back to weed. There is a such thing as a drug addict who should be able to drink like N.A. in the beginning. You could drink when you were in N.A. You could drink if you were a heroin addict in Synanon, the first drug program in Southern California. You could drink and people did it successfully, right? Some. Probably most because nine out of 10 people aren't genetically predisposed. We've got the one out of 10, nine to 13% of the population supposedly, right? Yeah, yeah. So if you're not that genetically predisposed and you, and you, you... get a heroin habit which how could you not get addicted to heroin Uh, you may not be a i'll go you one better for all the clinicians at home one of the intrinsic qualities of being a junkie is to have antisocial personality disorder would you not say you have to have oppositional defiance you have to be a rebel you have to be a a criminal basically You you have the potential for criminal who who has potential for criminal People that don't give a fuck, right? Is that still true? That's antisocial personality. No, I'm saying that most of the drug opiate addicts these days don't have antisocial personality. And let's pull out and let's talk about home groups I've had or people that I've seen. There are a lot of people I got sober with in the 90s that are drinking and smoking pot successfully, including one of the dearest people to me who I wouldn't be sober if it hadn't been for them. But... And they're successfully living and very successful and wonderful people. So I'm not saying that drinking and using leads you back to where you came from. I'm just saying it leaves a void in the Soberville. You know what I mean? When I, when I go to meetings and, and there's only you know two or three people that I got sober with that ever show up anymore at all, it's sad because I know where a lot of those people went. They're... they're they're raising kids, they have jobs, they drink wine, they're doing all right, they live in Mount Washington, everything's great, right? But sobriety is something important. It's something that supersedes your bank account. It's something that's more important than what, what you've achieved in, in the way that society measures things. It's something sacred. And, and, and it's not sacred anymore to a lot of people. No, I... I... I hold it pretty close. It's pretty dear to me because I, I transitioned a long time ago from the not getting to drink in smoke pot to I don't have to so drink So I want to talk pot. to the sober people that are thinking about going back or envious of their friends that are smoking weed. Listen, you're going to live longer. You're going to have more clarity. You get to feel life. And, and if you have obstacles in your way... You need to take care of them. I think that's why people don't go go back to drugs. They have things that come up, whether it's personality problems, relationship problems, um, depression problems, right? Health issues. Dirty calling. Diet, working right. out. That it's just they they're not 
doing the next right action, to taking, uh, uh, conquering the next problem that's right, in front of Right, the next them. indicated thing. And that's it's just the... this longing to just smoke pot <clears throat> and forget about it all, right? That doesn't work for someone like me. You don't know. I, I don't want to find out. I just don't want to be stoned in front of my kids. And this is a this is a big deal. That's you know when they were talking about on New Year's Eve and they were talking about what was going on and and all the how the the deaths and the vehicle deaths yeah, went up yeah. because of all the people driving high. Yeah, <clears throat> that was one of the many things. I mean, it's like one of those things where people go, "Oh, I wait till my kids go to bed to drink or to smoke weed." Well, great. You know how many times my kids got up in the middle of the night or an hour after going to Your bed? Kids, listen, I got some news for you. Your kids know. Well, right? I'm I saying was, you can't be I there was, for them if they're what, sick. How old are you when you're in third grade, Mike? Uh, eight. No, you're not eight. You're yeah, like, in third yeah. grade, yes. Kindergarten, five, five six, seven, seven eight. eight. Okay, when I was eight years old, I knew my parents were alcoholics. I didn't even know what alcoholic meant, right? I knew that their personalities changed. They became violent. They weren't fun to be around when they drank too much. Mm-hmm. You're going to tell me that teenagers don't know you're fucking stoned and drinking? They don't know. Oh, they they know by the smell. They know I by just, what you talk about. I don't about. mind. Like, listen, you know, we got such shitty parenting in America. It can't. It can't make it any worse. <laughs> drinking and smoking pot. But but to to lie to say your kids don't know is is just naive. See, I I used to get. Why so, shouldn't they know? I, hey, here's another point. Why shouldn't they fucking know? Yeah. If if, if there's nothing wrong with it, if why, there's nothing why, wrong with it, why shouldn't they know that you drink and smoke weed? If you don't want people to know, why don't you want people to know? There that, you go. That's, that's that's my question. So, anyways, always. sober is getting less and less, right? If you got seven million people on Suboxone who are considering themselves sober, if you've got a whole I've always had the suspicion there's a lot of people on benzos that are saying they're sober and you have the the periodic sociopaths who drink and smoke weed and lie and say they're sober and then you've got the people leaving alcoholics anonymous or narcotics anonymous to just highly function smoking pot real sobriety is is a is a really rare thing there's two different that there's sober in comparison and then they're sober sober in comparison what does that mean sober i I just made it up (laughs) (laughs) sober in comparison to what it used to be so i'm not shooting heroin what's the big deal if i drink and smoke pot sober in comparison to their completely fucked up on heroin i heard of a 15 year old kid today who's od'd two times in one week and and been no pulse from benzos Xanax Z- is, is ridiculous. It's that's what crazy. killed. That's what killed that little peep. He was supposed to play the observatory like the day before we did. Yeah, I love that kid. And you know, you ever listen to his music? It's yeah, good. you know, I, I he was I, fucking good. I looked into it after he passed because I wanted to see what he did, and I liked where he was taking that whole genre of music. You want to know how lame I am? I saw a picture of him in a fashion magazine like six months ago, and I thought that kid looks cool. And I looked him up on. Facebook on Facebook and losing the music. <laughs> Not that I wanted to fuck him or anything, but it's just like, he looked really cool. And these guys in line the other night were pretty hot. <laughs> that little peep. It's too bad he's not with us anymore. Damn. <coughs> no, sometimes when I'm pooping, Chuck, 
There's a oh no, you did back to the there's colon. A, no, there's a Vogue magazine sitting right. there on the table well, next know, to the toilet. His face, anybody that puts an anarchy on their face, I, gotta, I think is all right. I'm I mean, not going to refer to pooping anymore. I'm just going to tell you. Most of the time, it's very well planned out, and I get my <laughs> sports page and my calendar Bam. section of the LA Times, and I go in my private boudoir. Nice. But other times when things come up that might need immediate <laughs> addressing, la, 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 I use la, 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 the la, la, other master bedroom Not listening, not listening. And I'm sitting there, and right in front of me are a bunch of Vogue magazines. I saw a picture of little Pete. Okay. I didn't want to have sex with him. I just thought he looked cool. <laughs> and I looked him up on, you, on Facebook uh, like six, eight months ago, and I thought this kid is really cool. Ah, I like. I it. wonder if he's into pooping too. He's he's dead. <laughs> he's dead. <clears throat> and he was nineteen, right? Nineteen or twenty. One of the most shocking things I found out about him when, when he died was his daughter. His father's a psychiatrist, his mother is a psychologist. That makes sense. What was he rebelling against? Probably they understood him too much, <laughs> <laughs> and he wasn't having it. <laughs> How dare you understand me? Man, that could... I'm telling you, uh, uh, Mike, you should put it up on the thing. Little Peep was a real talent. He, rem I know it's going to sound lame. He reminded me of Kurt Cobain, even though it's a new rap weird... It's, it's really not, though, because he took music into that genre. I think he, I think it was a neat hybrid. It really was good. I, I, I was curious. And he never made a record, right? He just all did YouTube things. I don't, I don't, think, the, I don't, I don't think you can go buy a Little Peep record. Oh, you'll be able to now. Oh, my God. You know you will. <laughs> really? So it was all just off of YouTube? Yeah, he was just amazing. And, and, he, had, and he had a, great, he had a, a song, great look. He had a song called Gym Class that was so good. I mean, I just, like, that's sad. Here's two things made me sad. No one's ever heard of him, and, and he was a great talent. Mm -hmm. Right? So it makes me sad that a kid that talented can like just i don't know be on youtube it's weird to me maybe i'm just old and dumb. could we play some little peep right now on the on the podcast
fucking great i don't know it's sad that one that one is a lot of his other stuff was more like energetic but it still was emotive you know what i mean very i i get it what the stuff i heard i felt what he was feeling yeah and And then and that was the truth he was totally taking bars till we're on mars that's what he died (laughs) on taking bars till we're on he was taking the zanny bars apparently he got some fake xanax that was like fuck is a zanny bar it's xanax a benzo God, Mike's been sober for Jesus. so long he doesn't know what Xanax yeah, is. Yeah, ben, benzodiazepines. It used to be, I mean, the old timers used to say when people I didn't came know what a Xanny bar was, that's all. <laughs> there you I go. I know what Xanax is. <laughs> well, that's it, man. They love it. And that's what, you know, a lot of people in the in the 12-step groups, which this is an outside issue, you know, they take that when they get a little sad. Well, here's the thing. That, so let's get back to what we've talked about. Touring is a drag. Hey, right. Does anybody take Placidils anymore? Remember those things, those gummy green downer? Yeah, well, the same as chlorohydrates. Oh, okay. Chlorohydrates. No, people aren't into that. You can get you can get such good dope. You don't really want barbiturates. You just want. I, I, very few people even when I go through do the intake and do the biopsychosocial. Very few people ever do even know. You do barbiturates? What? They don't know <laughs> I don't what know. What's the deal there? There's, because like it's gone. The placidils and the and the uh, uh, like phenobarbital and stuff is the people don't play. Why? That shit was good. I mean, I got so addicted on a Thelonious Monster tour, the one with Tony Malone. Mike was wasted. Okay, so we were talking about we had the old man breakfast for the first time in a long time. I went and saw all the gang and. And Mike, you got to come to one of the old man breakfasts at Musso and Frank some morning. So, so we're there, and we took, Pete told the story of Mike Mart walked out on stage so high in San Francisco, and I was make I was mad at him, like you're fucking up the show. Like I, you know, that's my job. <laughs> so <laughs> that's my so, shtick. He's so Slick. fucked up, he can't plug his mic his guitar in. 
And we're standing there getting ready to play. And he apparently just started to go unconscious. And he grabbed the mic stand. And Pete said he just slid down the microphone and just fell asleep on stage. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right. Proud of that one. (laughs) That's that's giving people their money's worth right there. We just played as a four-piece with him sleeping on the stage. (laughs) Well, didn't you have like three or four other guitars? I was tired. He was tired. He had a Placidil. Now I find out he had a Placidil. The Placidil made you tired. Oh, my God. I came back so addicted to Placidils from that. Dr. Shannon sending me out uh, shit, sending me out stuff on tour, man, that like I had a barbiturate withdrawal that was the most gnarly withdrawal i've ever had in my life i mean i was literally thinking about like you know chopping up dogs and my wife and everything like that it was was crazy dude. chopping up dogs and my wife yeah why don't you you don't need to get graphic you were hallucinating i guess man (laughs) it was that's what it's called but (laughs) it's so sad this little peep so what i figure is the, he makes YouTube videos and he's just hanging out and he's like the king of wherever he lives, whatever. And all of a sudden he gets popular and people are liking him and whatever. And they schedule this tour. Now this kid is ne- he doesn't know what touring is. No, it's the opposite of what he'd been doing for sure. And and he just wasn't cut out for that. It's a lonely, miserable. I never liked touring. I don't know anybody that does. Chris Hansen used to like it. Because he'd go to museums. He'd get up like at 8 in the morning. You want to go with me to the Van Gogh Museum? Like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? I want to sleep here until the maids come and kick us out. Right? But everyone I know, whether they're riding around in Learjets or vans or whatever, it's just a drag. It's a drag. And I think that's where your drug use, like Mike's saying, and mine would, es- my drinking would escalate. Like if it, if there was a possible thing, like at home I drink 16, 20 beers a day. On the road I just drink Mad Dog 20, 20, first thing in the morning, mm. right? Just We drank and drank and drank. Drank all in Jägermeister and just because touring was so lonely and miserable. I'll give you an example. Thelonious Monster, in, on that tour we were pretty popular, right? You'd play, you'd play the the Mercury Ballroom in Chicago or whatever, there'd be like a thousand people there. Then you play Wisconsin the next night, there'd be like 40. You just want to fucking kill yourself. <laughs> like, why are we playing here? This is so depressing. But they, they, because you have to fill in the dates to cover costs or whatever, and you got a thousand dollar guarantee in Lincoln, Nebraska. Who gives a fuck? It's so depressing. It's so demoralizing. It's just soul crushing one time we pulled off the front we pulled off the uh we pulled off the hot the interstate bob said i gotta go to the bathroom i I had to go poopy so he so he goes he goes and we see him go off and he comes he comes back without his shirt on he goes i shit on my shirt (laughs) (laughs) i need to defend that no no you you don't get to i like it just like that hey where's your shirt i shit on it uh but 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 you have to know it's complicated you you were around in the 80s chuck you'll remember you might have been 13 remember frankie goes to hollywood in the big shirts the big right yeah the big long shirts that was the thing so i'm sitting there pooping i got and i'm wearing like shorts like cut off jeans that are all painted on with with combat boots just like the the grunge guys would copy 10 years later right and so i'm pooping and we're on the interstate like i'm against a tree right because and and I and I look down. And there's no poop below me, <laughs> but, I, but I've definitely pooped. <laughs> 
so I pulled myself like out of my shirt. shirt. Yeah, no, it was no. like it, I think it was a relaxed Frankie no, costume no. shirt. <laughs> it, was, it was probably and a I, wham wake me I, up before you go go shirt I instead. Took it, I took it off and I just left it, and it was fine. It was kind of and I kind of you know it was fine. But then they gave me shit the whole time that I had it on myself. I didn't have it on myself. Kind of, maybe a little Man. bit. You know, because at first you panic. You know I, what I mean? I don't know. I've never been in the well, situation. Imagine, I'm going to trust you on this one. Imagine you're squatted down, <laughs> leaning against a tree doing that, and, then, and you see nothing below you. And you know yeah. it's in your shirt because you have one of those big 80s big shirts yeah, on. Yeah, no. Oh so God. I stood up right away. And I think some of it might have... <laughs> You know, gotten in your wow. boot. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then we got Good to this. God. We got wherever we were going, and I just ran and jumped in the swimming pool. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I forgot about that. With my, with my boots on, because I thought oh, it might God. be in there. And I was washing my clothes and washing myself in the pool Gross. with these people sitting in the pool area. <laughs> It was great. That was a fun day, but most days were miserable. Yeah, that sounds like most a, days a were miserable. And there used to be this thing called crabs. I don't think you've ever dealt with that. <laughs> yes, Steve. I'm only five years younger than you. Why okay. do you say that? So crabs doesn't exist anymore. I don't know how. Stephen Adler brought that up to me. He said, you, "He said, remember crabs?" And I was like, oh, "Fuck yeah." Yeah, remember crabs. You gotta so, iron your pants. So afterwards. Mike, Mike was there too, probably running around fucking uh, lower ward, the ninth ward, trying to find heroin. We were in New Orleans, we're playing, and I had crabs, so I put the stuff on me, right? And I'm sitting, and I always roomed with Rob Graves. That was my, I don't know why nobody else wanted to room with me, and he's such a good guy. He would room with me, so. So I've got the crab stuff on and I'm watching TV. You got to keep it on like 20 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever, right? While it burns and, and they get active. Rob has scored heroin and he's in the bathroom, right? And so I, I go, I, I, I talk to him through the door. I said, you know, I got the crab medicine on him and he get in there and take a shower. And he's like, just a minute. You know, and you can tell he's like going to town in there, right? And... And so then the time comes and I'm like, because I, I was watching the clock, I was like, I got to get in there. I'm knocking on the door, no answer. I'm like, Rob, and I'm kicking the door. Like, Rob, I need to get in there. And he goes, just a minute. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, this is not a fucking joke because this is like, it's, ouch. it's out. It could be out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's going to burn you. So I'm like pounding on the door. He goes, just a minute. Just one minute. And I can tell, I know Rod, like he would nod out. Like he like nodding out. So then I'm like, fuck it, this is not going to work. I go to somebody else's room. Mike's not in his room. Pete's not answering his door. So then I think, fuck it, I'll go swimming. So I go <laughs> jump in the swimming pool. That is the wrong chemical reaction <laughs> to the. Oh my God. Oh my God. And I was red burned because uh, chlorine and that stuff are okay. not to be mixed. Especially around the private area. Now I know. You know so, this type of this type of shit was an everyday occurrence on the Bologna's. I'm never going somebody, swimming. Somebody was in a hotel pool ever again. Some stupid shit every day. I would go. I liked swimming. Sounds like it was Bob. I liked swimming a lot. Oh, there was one time in San Francisco where Mike beat up somebody and broke glass and cut a bunch of people at the swimming pool. Remember that, Mike Mart, gentleman. I was on acid. <laughs> 
not his fault. You know what? You're off the hook. You can cut people up or take a proficiency test. We're at a separate private. Like, there was a military. Remember, there was an army guy and there. We were playing he was like Stanford, some sort of and the Stanford people dude. heard about what he did and didn't want he to play. He was chasing me around, and he had this. He had this bottle cap, and he held it up to my face, and he goes, "I could kill you with this bottle cap," and I shoved him in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so. Anyways, but for the most part, touring is miserable and lonely and sad. And I think Lil Peep got like a month long taste of that and just started blanking out. And here's the thing: if you're blanking out on acid and drinking and placid dills and smoking weed and you know what we were doing, you're just you're gonna meander through, right? I mostly would drink because. Those guys didn't like me, so they would never share heroin with me. I knew they all had heroin. They would never share it with me. No matter how sick I was the first week, they were like, I don't have any. I don't have any. I was like, dude, how are your eyes pinned and you're not sick? How do you not have any? Just I'll give you $100 for a 20-piece. We thought right? you weren't sharing it with us. I didn't have any. I had St- Stacy Grenrock. I had to leave with enough dope for her to be all right. No right? wonder you guys didn't get along. So so I just drank. I would drink to get over the withdrawals and play the shows. And then at a certain point, I was free of heroin addiction. And I wouldn't use heroin. Those guys would all be shooting up with buprenorphine and trying to score heroin. and Right? But me, just drinking. And you can drink anywhere. You can get it at the truck stop. You can get it at the 7-Eleven. Mm-hmm. You can walk from any motel or hotel and get booze. There's booze in the hotels. There's booze at the gig. Like, that was my thing, right? But taking your drug of choice like Benzo's, like he was, and taking 10 and 12 and 15 a day, little peep, my man, come on now. That's not, that's, that's exactly why we have this podcast. Don't die, dude. I hate to say it, especially if you're a genius, don't die. <laughs> well, you know, the, there's also counterfeit bars right now because they're so, they're so popular. They're making fake bars and they're using fentanyl in them. And that was the last I heard. I think he had probably, everything in his system. When, I when the be, autopsy came out, I mean, he was just going for it because he was lonely, I think. And see, that's the thing is you. And do, see, I had these guys to fight with. You we do, had each other. He's just a little peep. You do a shot; it either takes you out or it doesn't, and you're fine. But you can eat a bunch of pills before it catches up with you. That's no, the problem with pills. Well, I I get even more graphic with our. There's not a lot. Of, I don't deal with a lot of intravenous drug users. There's, you know, I would say like a quarter of the opiate addicts I deal with are intravenous users. They're smokers of pills, they're smokers of heroin, they're snorters of fentanyl, but but the old speedballing freaks, they're not, I, I don't see a lot of them, right? But when I do, and I have one right now that I love, and I love this kid, right? And I don't know whether he's going to go back or not, it's too early to tell, he seems to be wising up, he's a cool kid, he's like 28, 30, something, and... If the time comes, like I always say, you get a 40-piece, right? You're going to take half of it, put it in a spoon, get a good milky substance there, right? I used to always just suck up 20 20 milligrams and and leave all the rest in the spoon to see how strong it was, right? People don't do that. They don't even do that simplest thing. Like, I don't want to die. I just haven't done dope for two months, 
I got $40 worth here. I loaded $20 worth in this spoon. All that brown in that spoon, I don't know the strength of it. So I'm just going to suck, you know, say there's 80 cc's in there. I'm going to suck up 20 and do it and see what the reaction is. If it's wow, then I know I got strong dope. If it's nothing, why did I waste that? Then I know I can do the rest. Oh my God. It's it's Bob's way. It's Bob. Robin Crosby wasn't built like that. He would just like he would to put so much. Yeah, in. but he was a big guy. That's the rat guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mike uh, Golden guy. He was a great guy. He kind of like was fearless with the shit. But what but what we and he never died of an overdose. No. Right? So what we what we're telling you is there's not really anybody that's traveled this terrain more than me and Mike, right? We hardly know anybody that died. Robin died of complications to to HIV. Rob died of of a drug overdose that I think was purposeful. Right? Yeah, in New York. Yeah, yeah might have, um, he might have killed himself. Yeah. Uh, uh, Halel died accidentally, right? You're talking about three guys in our circle of friends. All the rest of them are alive. Uh, most of them I had breakfast with on Thursday, <laughs> right? And I didn't Mike Weber from the from the Nip Drivers. Yeah, but way later. Not not like he just died like five, six, seven years ago, right? But but you understand what I'm saying? In that context of this generation of addicts, when they're dying every day, two and three a day, and you hear about in Orange County, you hear about in Malibu, I heard a kid that I had had in treatment before, this girl died a couple weeks ago. You hear about all the time. I'm talking about, I was in the world class of risky, crazy drug addicts, and only three people I know died, including right. not Mike Mart and John Fashante didn't die. Anthony Kiedis didn't die. I didn't die. You gotta, t you gotta understand that we use drugs in a different way than young people are using drugs today, and that's the message I want to get out to. Like, you want if you want to, you know, Doctor Jewel. He says, you know, the reason why you were the way you were is because you didn't want to die so you could use more. And I said, fuck yes, I did. If that's the only reason you want to stay alive so you can get high again tomorrow, that's a good reason. You but had to, goals. But to not care whether you live or die today, mm -hmm. that's what's causing it. That's what's causing it. Hopelessness, yeah. And, and it's got to stop. Kids got to understand, like, me and Mike, we're fucking pathetic and homeless. Homeless. I always, you know, I say it. I didn't have any front teeth. It was kind of embarrassing. So I had, <laughs> when, I, when I got sober on March 16th, 1996, I had no front teeth. I owed the IRS $212,000. I owed $48,000 in back child support. My driver's license was suspended. And I had warrants out for my arrest, right? I had no hope. There was no hope that my life was going to turn around. Yet all I wanted was to not take drugs. Because yeah. somebody got it through my head that if I didn't take drugs, maybe, just maybe, I could straighten out all that other shit. If it, if it wasn't bad enough, well, fuck, people, go back. People but, lose touch know. with that all the well, time. Well, somebody, somebody who's gone... You can't forget how fucking but bad wait, it was. Somebody, a lot of the people that I know that have gone back to particularly smoking weed and not drinking, not doing hard drugs or whatever, said to me, Bob, if you weren't known for being sober wouldn't it cross your mind? And I think 
I can't separate myself from being known for being sober. How can you separate yourself from being who you are? Right? This is who you become. It's it's what I like being. <clears throat> it, and it's true. It's a true so representation. A, it's not go, an affect. To go and smoke pot, I would be giving up who I am. I mean, either you love sobriety or you don't. I don't get it. I love sobriety. I don't get it. I so don't get going back. I'd like to hear some emails from some people, hopefully of people that have gone back to smoking and drinking because I don't mind. In the big book, it says our hats are off to you. My hat is off to two of my best friends. I, I admire them. I love them. I I think it's amazing. I was nervous when they went back to it. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. right? I'm going to have a millennial approach and say my socks are off to you. <laughs> <laughs> what what is this i guess uh, you're saying millennials don't wear socks millennials don't wear socks they're effeminate no they, they don't do wear, wear socks. you know what the ones i know that, that they come through my place they wear socks but they wear those little socks yeah you can't the see shoes. them mike you can't see them like yeah. wearing no socks yeah it's right. like wearing no socks i'm not wearing socks but here, here's an interesting <laughs> thing i i'm not wearing socks the you know what these shoes are those this are is crazy. Form. I just realized. Did I talk this podcast about the two uh, clients I had that moved in together? Yes. The one that g- got arrested what? for heroin gave me these shoes. Oh. Look at what they are. Prada shoes. Oh, really? Nice. <laughs> How crazy is that? They're Prada shoes. Devil like, wears those from I, what I understand. I use these to mill around the property. Yeah, no, the, the, when, you're, when you're just... Because they're easy to get on when I need to take the trash out or I need to go water or whatever. I well, did, did they... I, we never finished that. Did they... Did he throw... The, the one got arrested, he bailed him out and let him... They, they still live together? I Eventually, I got the kid that got thrown out uh, to move back into sober living up here okay. in LA. This is, they were living in Orange County. Boy, we go out there, we start so many stories. On, on my way, on my drive home, I'm going to go, he didn't finish this, he didn't finish this, he didn't finish this. The, the guy, the codependent guy, is a big rehab operator in Orange County now. Hopefully, he probably gives away too many beds for free. <laughs> he does. <laughs> does he go to he, church? I think that almost everybody in Orange County goes to church. I, I think, think you have to. I, I knew think that I, was they're, coming. They're See, gonna, Chuck, they're going to kick me out of Orange County because I don't go to church. You Come know, on, I hate. Man. I you know, I I love Laguna Beach. I'm a part timer of Laguna Beach. I'm a part time resident of Laguna Beach. I got married in Laguna Beach. But let me tell you something. When I drive down the 57 freeway and I see thousands of homeless people living by the side of the wash, Orange County doesn't give a fuck about poor people or people of color and they don't la's got a whole lot of homeless no let me tell you something we Uh, have a bed for every homeless people in los angeles i don't know they don't Uh, don't that's true go go to bullshit you guys both live in orange (laughs) county i don't live in orange (laughs) county i live in fucking long beach okay go to go to san julian street go to fifth street go to sixth street drive around there is multi there's six story missions in every block all the way through there that's why the patient the population congregates there because there's free food and there's free housing and there's free showers and there's free access to computers there is not that there is not that in orange county that's why those people have their own world next to the anaheim stadium along the wash 
I'm not saying there's not people in tents in downtown LA. There are. The reason why they're doing that is because that's how they gain their own autonomy. They don't have to live by rules. I always say we need to figure out how you can drink and use drugs and still have a roof over your head if you're indigent in this country. Orange County prides itself on being Christian. I haven't heard that. That's where the most abundant churches were invented. In okay, a, so the point is a, what? Los Angeles does not claim to be a Christian city. Orange County claims to be a Christian society, right? Everybody's, everybody's saved. Everyone wow. I ever meet from Orange County is saved, except for they're not saving anybody else. Super churches were invented in California, for the most part, in Orange County. Now, I'll tell you an interesting religious thing, because I'm fascinated by religion. You know the Pentecostal religion that you associate with holding snakes in the South and Alabama and Mississippi and all that okay, kind yeah, of stuff? Yeah, yeah. You know where it was invented? In Echo Park, California. It was the first Pentecostal church was in Echo Park, California. How crazy is that? I've been to the building. It's right near the dope spot in MacArthur Park. What? <laughs> There's a little plaque that says the first and Pentecostal. They, 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 and they dance. They, with dance, the, with they snakes, dance with snakes and they spoke in tongues and all that kind of stuff. And somehow it spread to the south and caught on down there. And so I, I just find it fascinating. There's hungry, naked people everywhere. I don't understand. They seem to have congregated in the tens of thousands along the 57 freeway. Well, they the should wash. go to L.A. because they'd be taken care of. I think that I think that they're scared to go to LA, and they have created their own society. I think they're there. They've, they've been allowed to create their own society because the society that they are within does not want them. That's sad. Okay. But I just find it strange that I'll give you another example. The the I've been against every war that's ever been suggested we join. I've been helpful and welcoming and kind and compassionate to the soldiers when they return right so i'll it's just a simple thing republicans send people off to war and democrats and liberals embrace them when they come home now i know that, that republicans that, do that, that too would, that also fits. now that i can actually comment on and say wow i agree with you on that i got a call from a guy that i helped like 10 years ago he was a KDAC, he became a KDAC counselor. He was he was working back east and whatever, and he had some he had some slip ups and he called me on Christmas night, I think, or right around Christmas. And I talked to him, you know, back and forth to text and I called and called and called and he wouldn't answer and he goes, I'm ashamed to talk to you. I go, Are you fucking kidding me? Answer <laughs> your phone. And he still wouldn't. And then I said, Okay, and we texted and I told him I loved him. I said, What is the shame in this? Right? What is the shame? Why is there so much shame involved in it? So he fucked up. He gave back on track. Right? Right. That that thing that I was taught by Gloria Scott and Buddy Arnold and and Crazy Mel and Tony Sales and and Bob Timmons and Doug Figer, the things that I was taught, what a sober member of Alcoholics Anonymous does every day in their life. It needs to be taught again and again right, and yeah. again and again and again. Those seven people I mentioned always helped people for the whole years and years I knew them. They always had new people they were talking with, new people they were trying to introduce me to or dump. I always thought dump onto me. <laughs> That's part of it. And that <laughs> so all the people I mentioned, the, the shining lights of sobriety to me and taught me how to be sober. Gloria's dead. Buddy's dead. Doug is dead. Timmons is dead right? Who replaced them? 
No one. No one did. I tried to, and then I thought, I replaced him for 10 years. My time is up, right? Yeah, good thing they didn't do that. Yeah, Gloria, the Gloria and Buddy were in their late 70s doing it. They're responsible for getting so many people so You've gotten to at least 75, from what I heard. Oh, 75. At least. <laughs> yeah, Bob. I know two guys that are sober because <laughs> of me. <laughs> right? You've got 20 you more years. you still got time to turn it around, Bob. <laughs> yeah, i got to increase that from 2 to 75. <laughs> How much time have I got? No, i got 20 years, according to Dr. Right. Drew. Got i got to come up with 73 more motherfuckers. No, no, you've got until age 75. You know, i gotta, I got to get on it. So let's get on it. Because I've just driven past there too many times getting angry at Orange County. And this conversation helped me understand. Yeah, it's Orange County's fault, so fucking what? Let's go do something about it. I, you will not convince me that it's not Orange County's fault. You're, you're, allowed, you're allowed to help. You're allowed to... You're allow, you know what? It, since I've been kind of designated the Christian spokesperson for Orange County... You're too I'll, defensive I'll give about you, that. I'll give you permission to come down and help. I went to Catholic school for 12 years. Don't that's tell not my me fault anything either. about that's, Christianity. That's not my fault either. Don't tell me anything about Christ. Not my fault. I live my life based on the teachings of Jesus Christ. I don't believe he ever existed. <laughs> wow. That's the truth. How does that work? <laughs> I, be, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Just <laughs> go with it. <laughs> All right. See you next time, you guys. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, this is Bob in the Don't Die Podcast. Got 100 people a day dying of drug overdoses, and it's got to stop. Aloe Treatment Centers wants it to stop. We want people to get educated about drugs, about treatment. We want you to learn, laugh, and live, but first and foremost, don't die.